good morning, good day, and good evening. Welcome to episode 191 of Tech for Tea. And you might notice something in the background. That's right, no sound. So today, it's been a while. I'm actually not sure when the last time it happened was. Today, we are actually doing a solo episode of the podcast. It's probably been, oh, I want to say at least two or three months. I'm checking the list now. I, <laughs> like, I'm looking at this here and it's like, oh, right, here we go. So last one was published on, wait, uh, th that's American dates. The 8th of the 7th, 2023, which is... July. What the fuck? It's been... It was July that I last did a solo episode. What the hell? No shot it's been that long. Oh my god, that's absolutely wild. Like, I, I love doing the solo episodes, but I've just had some incredible guests lined up for, you know, all of this time. So I've just not done any of them. And I feel like not doing the solo episodes has kind of made me a little bit rusty with, like, holding a conversation during my streams. If that makes sense. Like, even though I'm doing the streams every week, I feel like the solo episodes have always been this thing that kind of, like, sharpens up your wit. Like, you can't just talk for two hours straight without somehow managing to be able to, like, hold a conversation with yourself. And when I'm playing a game, like, that usually takes the main focus. So I've got to be good at, like, coming up with things on the spot. Because when I'm trying to play a game, sometimes like Armored Core, where I'm constantly dying, and also trying to have a conversation, and sometimes, you know, chat isn't super active. And even when chat is super active, trying to, like, then, like, bounce off what chat is saying. This just... I've said it before, it... If you're doing some sort of live streaming and it's not like the main focus where you're doing like, you know, seven hours a day where obviously that's going to keep you sharp. Like just doing a solo podcast, even though like even if nobody listens to it, is always going to be a way to like keep that going. Or maybe like I I've thought about doing this before taking like, you know, stand up classes, for example, actually like learning something about how to do, like, wordplay and all that stuff. Like, try to better understand how to, like, actually think of topics on the spot and think of a conversation that can continue just rolling. But, you know, I have many things that I want to be doing. Most of them are a waste of time. Like, my weekends, I just spend playing Yakuza and Final Fantasy XIV, so... Hmm... <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I know there are things I could be doing that probably would help out quite a bit, and then I don't do them because I'm lazy. But that's to be expected. <laughs> I'm not stopping the guest episodes in case you, you know, don't like the solo stuff. Uh, I did have a guest episode planned for today. Um, it fell through, like, there's some weird planning stuff that came up. 
And that is going to be delayed for... I don't know, the foreseeable future. We'll work that out again. Uh, you can probably maybe work out who the guest was going to be. I, I think I've mentioned who it was going to be. Uh, but, like, in, like, the streams or whatever. Uh, if you know, you know. And you can probably guess it from the topics as well. Or maybe you can't. I don't know. So, I have not monetized this channel yet. It's not because I can't monetize it. Like, I think I've monetized it since sometime last year. Uh, I just haven't. And the main reason I was just lazy. It, it was going to be like $10, $15 a month. And YouTube doesn't pay out until you get $100. So even though I probably should have and just let it build up, I just hadn't gotten around to it. I was going to monetize probably sometime around like 5k subs. Because it's getting to that point now where... It actually, like, is going to pay out every month. So I probably should just actually have it enabled. But I did notice watching this channel from, like, my main channel or my gaming channel, sometimes I did get ads. So YouTube, it seems like maybe it's just on, like, the long ones. YouTube is automatically placing ads even though I am not receiving money from that. I guess that's something they do now. I feel like they've probably done that for a while, like, just on big channels. But I don't remember that, that being a thing on, like, small channels that get, like, you know, a couple hundred or thousand views. But I guess they just chuck ads and everything now. Actually, speaking of ads, I had been using Adblocker on, uh, on desktop for quite a while. I didn't realize, like, how bad the ad experience was on desktop compared to mobile. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the mobile ad experience, it's, you know, YouTube has a lot of ads nowadays, but mobile ads are, they seem to be a lot less frequent. So if I see like a five second clip, for example, I don't think I've ever gotten an ad on mobile for that. I think it's maybe because mobile also has that sort of like TikTok audience stuff as well. So it kind of, you're, you're used to the whole not seeing ads or really short content. YouTube obviously has shorts, and shorts don't get ads, but I mean, like, a regular, a regular video that's just, like, five seconds long. It's like a meme video, whatever. That, I don't think I've ever seen an ad on mobile, but on desktop, I saw, like, a 15-second ad on a three-second video. So, yeah, the whole, um, ads on the platform has gotten... It's gotten great, hasn't it? And uh, YouTube's currently in the process of doing their whole, like, ad block rollout thing. I, I, I don't know if you guys have seen the um, the thing yet. Uh, YouTube block ad block. So they've been doing this for a couple of months now. But I finally got my, uh, my notification. Ah, this is the new one. Wait, this is... Okay, this is not new, but this is kind of new. I'll show you that in a moment. So, the initial thing was just a warning. Can I find the picture of the warning? Here we go. Here's the picture of the warning. So, just a warning telling you that you are not allowed to use ad blockers on YouTube. Here we go. Ad blockers are not allowed on YouTube. It looks like you may be uh, using an ad blocker. 
Ads allow YouTube to stay free for billions of users worldwide. You can go ad-free uh, ad with YouTube Premium and creators can still get paid from your subscription. Allow YouTube ads, try YouTube Premium. So this has been going on for a couple of months now, but Google, YouTube, by extension, always rolls things out in like phases. So if something goes wrong, like maybe I'll roll it out in like, let's say the UK for example, I don't think that that's where they, where it started, but let's just say that's where they picked, or they picked some. They picked Texas, for example. Like you pick a small known area, roll it out there, and then expand from there, or pick a demographic like you know gamers twenty five years old, for example, roll it out there, and then roll it out further. Because if something goes wrong, it's really easy to roll that back as opposed to deploying it on the entire platform and something goes wrong. And then realizing that videos can't be watched and you lose millions and millions of dollars. So going out in groups is the best way to do it. And I finally got the thing. My ad block stopped working. I know there are currently workarounds. Uh, there was a script that people were sharing around. I think Chris Titus posted or like retweeted something about it. Um, Chris Titus. Let me see. Uh, here we go. I'm pretty sure it's... Yeah, here it is. So, we are reaching peak YouTube. Be sure to get the anti-anti ad blocker app. So, this was a... <laughs> this was a uBlock origin filter that would get rid of that message telling you that you couldn't block ads. Now, the only reason that currently works in, like, the form it's in is because you may have, uh, you may have spotted it, uh, there is just an X button here. So you could just close this and just ignore it. Now, that's stage one. People were like, oh, you can just close the box. It's clearly not that big of a deal. Like, why is anybody worrying? They're just telling you, you know, ad block, but they're not really blocking ad block. Well, you always do things in phases. So after that... They came up with a new idea. An idea that will actually uh, stop you running your ad block. So their new thing, which also has been going on a couple of months, but is once again just now rolling out to a lot more people, so a lot more people are suddenly discovering it, is uh, this one. Video player will be blocked after three videos. It looks like you may be using an ad blocker. Video playback will be blocked unless YouTube is allow listed or ad blocker is disabled. Ads allow YouTube to stay free for billions of users worldwide. You can go ad free with YouTube Premium and creators can still get paid from your subscription. You can still close it once again, but this time if you do close it and you keep watching videos with your ad blocker enabled, then your video player will stop working. Now... This is just the beginning. I have said before that YouTube is going to get to the point... Okay, let me rephrase this. There is an arms race between YouTube and the ad blockers. Obviously, Gore Hill with uBlock Origin is the main one, but there's things like AdBlock Plus, there's the Brave Shield, but I think, I think integrates uBlock Origin... There's all of these other things. A lot of them end up just being forks of uBlock Origin. But either way, there is this arms race between the ad providers, which is YouTube, like Google and YouTube's pretty much their entire business model 
is reliant upon selling ad space. Whether that's ad space in search, ad space on YouTube, whether that's selling data to better curate ads, their entire business is as an ad company. And then you have a bunch of nerds writing mostly open source code. There are some extensions that are not open source that don't want to watch ads. Now, at this stage, we are still at the point where there is a reasonable level of competition here. Like, YouTube does something, or Hulu, or Netflix, or any... I, I, mean, I don't know if you can watch Hulu free. Like, any of these platforms, like, do something, and then the ad blockers get better. And then the ad blockers get better, the platform does something. Then the ad blockers, then the platform. It just goes back and forth. This is going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. Right now, it's just a matter of, you know, some fancy JavaScript to hide these elements, get the video player and all stuff working. That's what it is now. There are going to be all complex methods, things like embedding the ads directly into the video in a form that isn't, like, scannable. So adding it, like, directly into the video stream, so you'd have to actually modify the video stream coming into the browser. Now, that's still probably doable to an extent, but now we're getting to the point where it's a lot harder. And as this keeps going on and on and on and on, the methods that, you know, end up being employed for this are going to are going to be a lot more difficult to block. And this, there's this idea floating around. A lot of users... I'm not even going to say a lot of users. A few users that are really loud are saying, if they stop my ad blocker working, I'm going to stop watching YouTube. And YouTube is calling your bluff. And I know why they're calling your bluff. Because there is this... We'll call it a power fantasy. There is this power fantasy that users have that they are part of a collective that all agrees with them. And if they make an action, then everybody else is going to follow along with that action. I think the best examples of this are probably Twitter. Like, there is... In Twitter's case, there actually was a lot of people, and Mastodon did see a lot of growth. But there were a lot of people that were saying, Twitter is dead, we're going to go to Mastodon. We're never going to come back, and that's the end of it. Now, there were a lot of people that didn't come back. But a lot of those accounts that said, I'm never coming back to Twitter, within a couple of days, a couple of weeks, they were back. Because the other platform they went to just did not have the content they wanted. And the same is true for Reddit. The Reddit API stuff did lead to a lot of people going over to places like Lemmy. And Lemmy now actually has, like, a thriving environment. But a lot of people that were really, like, worried about the API stuff, the the uh, extension stuff, not extension, the um, third-party app stuff, they came back, and a lot of those subreddits came back as well. And at this point, nobody remembers that that whole 
boycott Reddit thing like even happen. I think the only times that a boycott like this actually did anything productive. I have two examples, Tumblr and OnlyFans. And I think that's because they disrupted their core business model. OnlyFans wanted to move away from adult content. Tumblr wanted to move away from adult content. Why do people go to these platforms? Adult content. Like, that would be like Pornhub saying, hey, you can no longer upload porn. It's like, okay, but why would I come to your website then? Like, this is the reason why we're here. Or like YouTube saying, you can only make text posts now. Like, you can do that, but like, why would anybody come to the platform? And that's not what YouTube is doing. YouTube is saying, we think that if we make you watch more ads, you are going to stick around and just watch the ads. And I would not be surprised if that's what happens. Or, or you start seeing a lot more people signing up for premium. Now, due to this being in like a kind of half rollout phase, and also we're going into like the Black Friday period and then the Christmas period, it's really hard to say if this like increase, it, it should be an increase in ad watch rates, assuming the ad blockers aren't already dealing with this. And I do understand there are already like ways to deal with it and people that are like, really dedicated to ad blocking are already going to be doing it but from my currently limited data it does seem like the ad like the ad um what do you call it the 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 revenue per mil the rpm has actually gone up but considering that once again considering the time of year we're at it's hard to say if that's because of the ads or because of the ads that were already going to be there. Because this time of the year, you start getting a lot more, just a lot more ads generally. Ads start paying better. So I think it's going to be a matter of waiting until where we are in like January sort of period. Because January is always the like, that's the low point for ads. Everyone spent their ad budget and there's not really much going on. Ad rates drop into the floor. And if, Things are higher there than you normally would be. I think we can fairly say that people are just watching the ads. Also, I've not checked my premium data, so I can't really uh, say one way or the other what's really the case there. I would not be surprised, though, if we do start seeing more adoption of premium. I actually bought premium myself. I Look, you can say, oh, why'd you buy premium? But here's the thing, right? I watch probably like seven or eight hours of YouTube. I watch way too much YouTube, especially like on the weekend. On the weekend, I'll be playing, you know, FF14, for example, doing some mindless raiding, and I'll just have hours upon hours of YouTube playing in the background. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll pay for premium. I get you. I get a lot of people can't, and that's totally fair. But. I'll pay for it, and I, I would expect a lot of people to as well. One thing I have seen people suggesting, and I'm kind of surprised that YouTube doesn't do it, because I feel like it would lead to a lot more adoption, is introducing sort of a 
a stripped-down version of Premium. So right now, Premium has the YouTube background play. See, what... Let me let me find the full list of YouTube Premium benefits. Because um, it's more than just the whole... Uh, no, no ad thing. YouTube Premium benefits. It also has, like, video downloads, which... I'm just gonna just download videos anyway. Um... Uh, let's see. Ad-free and background play. I don't actually care about, uh, background play. I've, I've disabled it, actually. Actually, I don't think I've disabled it yet. I should disable it. I'm just too used to being able to lock my phone and the video stops playing. So I don't actually care about that. Uh, video downloads, which on mobile, I guess you might care about. And then there's also YouTube Music. Wait, I actually didn't know YouTube Music was bundled in. Is that because nobody actually subscribes to YouTube Music? I I'm pretty sure that used to be its own dedicated thing. So you get those things. Like, if they just had maybe ad-free and background play, just, just this part here, and then charge half the price, we'll say. Then you have to go, like, you know, a third of the price. Just half the price. I feel like a lot of people, a lot more people would sign up because right now, uh, what's, I'll, I'll find the American price, uh, US price, cause I, don't know, I don't know the Australian one, US price is 14, it's 14, wait, what the fuck? Wait, 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 you guys in America get way overcharged for it, what the fuck? In the US, it's $13.99. It's $14.99 here. I don't think our dollar's that strong. Uh, AUD to... Wait, sorry. USD to A... What the f... Yeah, you guys are getting... You guys are getting way overcharged for it. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think they actually should introduce a fucking half-price plan then. Jesus Christ. You're, like, in in my currency, you should be paying... <laughs> you should be paying, uh, $22. I'm paying $15. So, for some reason... So, for some reason, premium is more expensive in the US. Maybe it's because they know that people... No, this doesn't even make sense, like... I was going to say, like, they know that people would sign up for it because they have, like, more money. But in Australia, we have, like, higher, just general higher cost of living and, like, higher, like, wages generally. So it would make more sense for it to actually be the price relative. I'm not saying I want to pay $20 a month for it. YouTube, don't, don't take that as advice to raise the price. I'm just surprised the US pays so much. But if they had, like, a $5 tier... Let's even go lower. Let's say they have a $5 tier. I would imagine, like, that would be a no-brainer for a lot of people just to get no ads. Because there is this... There is this balance between how complex is the ad blocking and, like, the, the value that has... As... The value it has to pay for premium over doing the ad blocking. There comes a threshold where a lot more people 
are willing to pay that money just to just just to not think about the problem. Because look, if your ad blocking breaks and it's like, oh, now I need to update my plugin. Maybe the plugin doesn't work. Oh, I need to find a new plugin. Oh, the new plugin doesn't work. Oh, turns out the original plugin. I need this new filter. Oh, but that filters the out of date filter. Now I need this different like it like. If you're not a super techie person and you don't enjoy messing with this stuff, like, that's what they're banking on. And the internet, as it's become this more and more mainstream thing, has had sort of less and less techie people on. Because the amount of people that are super techie that exist, like, isn't... A massively growing number. Yes, there are more people that, you know, make use of more technology, but a lot of people just don't have a a deep understanding of how it works. This is the whole, you know, generation growing up on like Chromebooks, for example. If if your entire computing experience from the time you're, I don't know, five, six years old, whatever, is using a Chromebook, and then Maybe you have a game console at home as well. Like, you are just peak normie alpha generation. Chromebook, fucking... No one has a PS5. A Xbox. I have a PS5, but no one else does, apparently. <laughs> That's why games sell like shit on it. Um, you could very easily just have zero understanding of how a computer actually works, even though you use computer... And then you have a phone. Maybe you have an iPhone. You use a computer every single day, but if somebody asks you, like, what is a file system? What is a CPU? Like, how would you do these base, like, basic, basic system programs? Like, reformatting a thumb drive, for example. This is a thing that is really easy to do, and anyone with, like, basic tech experience has probably had to do so at least, like, once or twice. But... If you've just used, like, Chromebooks and iPhones and fucking consoles your entire life, like, that's something you're just not going to know about. And those people are the exact people being targeted by YouTube. Actually, to be fair, a lot of the people probably weren't using Adblock anyway. Like, even amongst my audience, right? Like, even amongst my audience... It's not 100% adblock. Otherwise, you know, I would not be able to like do the whole video thing. I, <laughs> if everyone was adblocking, I would not be making money. It's quite high in my uh, in 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 the the YouTube in the uh, Linux YouTube field because Linux just naturally has more techie people. Uh, but if you're like uh, I don't know, you're a fucking Call of Duty, Modern War, what's the new one? Three? Are we up? Are we? Have we like reset back to three again? Like you're you're playing fucking Warzone. You're a you're a FIFA YouTube channel. You're a fucking makeup channel, for example. Like any of this stuff, the people watching that channel are going to be generally less techie, and are just not going to deal with the problem. I just, I just, are they going to watch the ads? Just step away for a moment, or? Uh, pay premium. And no matter which option they go with, they're probably just going to complain. <laughs> that That is the constant. No matter what option you go with, whether it's paying for premium or watching ads, uh, people will complain because 
people like to complain. <laughs> That's what they are very good at. No matter what the uh, what the situation is. On that topic, um, I planned out a video. It hasn't gone up. Maybe it's gone out by now. Uh, actually, it probably has gone out by now, considering when this is going to go up. Um, there is this discussion right now. Where the f oh, where the fuck is it? Uh, here it is. Okay, that's better. There is this discussion right now. That's not the link I wanted. To drop very old Wi-Fi drivers from the Linux kernel. So when we're talking very old, right? We are talking 802.11b devices. Now, it's not like every single 802.11 driver is being removed. But there is a clear set of drivers that are not being used. So they probably just don't belong in the kernel. Now, the funny thing about this is the people maintaining the Wi-Fi part of the kernel don't actually know if some of these drivers work. Obviously, they worked back when the drivers were written. The problem is these drivers are so legacy, are so badly maintained and little use that the people maintaining the Wi-Fi part of the code base don't actually have some of the hardware for these drivers. Now, when we when we say 802.11b, if we go by the modern Wi-Fi naming standards, 802.11b transfers into Wi-Fi 2. This is a standard, I want to say from 1999, I'm going to say. It's either 99 or 98. Uh, 802.11b, let's see... Wi-Fi 2 is 99. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which was very quickly, uh, succeeded? Uh, That's not the word. Succeeded? Uh... Made not important. I'm blanking on words. By Wi-Fi 3, which is now 802.11... Oh. Wi-Fi 3, which was 802.11g in 2003, and 802.11a in 1999. So 802.11a was a 5 gigahertz standard, 802.11b was a 2.4 gigahertz standard, and uh, yeah, a was up to 6 megabit. Six megabit. Actually, no. I, sorry, no. This goes higher. 54 megabit. I'm reading. I, I can't read numbers apparently. 54 megabit. 54 megabit Wi-Fi. Imagine that. Now, for context, um, the newest standard, which has not been deployed yet, is Wi-Fi 7 802.11be. Uh, this is 1376 megabit to 46,120. <laughs> 46,100, like, most, I'm sorry, what? I, I, you know, I feel like there's a point where outside of transferring literal terabytes of data locally, there is no reason to have your Wi-Fi faster. 
So the standard that's like the main standard right now is Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E, which is 802.11ax, uh, which is 6 gigahertz, 2.4 gigahertz, and 5 gigahertz. That's what you probably have, but you may have slightly older hardware, so you would have 802.11ac. Maybe if you got something a bit older, it'd be 802.11n. Uh, that's 72 to 600 megabit. Now, some of the drivers in here are for devices that are even pre-802.11b. We're talking 802.11, Wi-Fi 1, <laughs> 1 to 2 megabit. That is the maximum speed. <laughs> This, okay, I know some people don't like it when I say this, right? This is e-waste. Now, it might be e-waste that still functions, it powers on. But it's e-waste. Like, you know, if you have a what's, a... what's a good comparative example? If you have a... A plasma TV, we'll say. Don't use it. Get a different TV. Whether it's go older and get a CRT, or go newer and get anything else. Plasma is a terrible standard. And 802.11 no letter is also a terrible standard in anything past 1999. Because everything... After it was better. Now, some of these devices are so old. We're talking like... We're talking standards to plug these devices in that don't exist anymore. This is a PC card or a PCMCIA. I don't know the last time a computer was built with a PC card port. Probably around the time that, like, the ThinkPads that are really popular amongst, like, FSF people were built from, like, 2005. Uh, another one is there's a couple of, uh, ISA cards in here. Once again, I don't know the last time a, a desk, we'll say desktop, a desktop computer was built with an ISA port. Now, I will be fair to ISA, okay? Because I know someone's going to say this. ISA does still see some, like, industrial use. ISA is a 42-year-old standard. However, like the i486 and like the i386, it's a 40-year-old standard that still has systems deployed right now this still exist. So it still has, um... It's actually still modern, uh... There are modern ISA cards. There are modern ISA cards with USB ports. Along with single board computers and SATA. <laughs> like, there are modern ISA cards. There are modern ISA, like, conversion... Uh, uh, like port conversion cards like you can use isa on a modern system you don't have an isa port for the record you're gonna need an expansion slot for this oh expansion card for this but 
like, ISA still sees use. These uh, Wi-Fi cards don't see use, though. <laughs> and if you happen to be using one of these really old drivers that you shouldn't be using, just... At le look, at least upgrade to, like, 802.11g. Like, Wi-Fi 3. Bare minimum. If you happen to be using one of these ancient cards, uh, send an email up to the Wi-Fi maintainers of the kernel, and they will re-add the driver into the kernel. Because that's the main reason why they're removing it. They don't think anybody uses these drivers, and they don't want to maintain them. And they don't have the hardware to maintain them anyway, so... Also, they don't know they work. So we might as well just drop them from the kernel. And if anybody complains, we can revert it. They're like, I'm not joking. That's actually the plan. So, uh, where is it? Uh, is this one? Yeah, this is it. So our favorite character on the kernel, Greg Crower Hartman. Uh, let's see his message. Uh... No, not that one. It's the one after that. Greg, where you at? I recommend just delete the ones you feel are not being used uh, in a patch that removes them one by one. So that it is trivial to revert if someone shows up and says, Hey, my device stopped working a few years in the future. So individually remove the drivers if one of them needs to be brought back. You can just revert that one patch, and it's pretty easy to deal with. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what they're going to be doing. Now, there are actually some things a little bit newer than this, so not everything is literal e-waste. Some of the things are... Mm, I, I, I would hazard to call them e-waste. Some of the things are a little bit newer. For example... The Sony PlayStation 3 Ethernet driver. Now, you might be confused why we're talking about an Ethernet driver when we're talking about Wi-Fi. Uh, apparently, the Wi-Fi and Ethernet is bundled together. Why? I don't know. It is just how it is. Uh, <laughs> also, some Intel IPW2X00, which are used on some Centrino laptops from... 2005. Now, as we know from Linux users who like to run 20-year-old ThinkPads, it's not that... It would not be that surprising if someone says, I am still using this laptop on a day-to-day -day basis. Also, this is G hardware, which is technically kind of mostly not e-waste. I would still call it e-waste, but this is, like, technically maybe somewhat usable. Possibly. <laughs> you could connect to the internet and, like, you you could use the modern internet with something in 6 to 54 megabit. 1 to 11, you probably could use it strugglingly, um, very slowly, but you could probably do fine in here. 6 megabit is slow as hell. But it's somewhat usable. Somewhat. You're probably watching videos at like 360p. But you could use it. 
Now, with the um, with the the Sony one, they firstly didn't know if anybody was actually using Linux on the PlayStation Three. You didn't know you could actually, at least at some point, run Linux on the PlayStation Three. Uh, Sony actually like had official support for it, I believe, and then they got rid of support. And then I think people had to do some like firmware hackery to make it work again. So not really sure if anyone was using it. Also, this is another situation where none of the maintainers actually had the hardware. So nobody had the ability to test if the drivers were still working. Apparently, uh, someone came into the thread and said, hey, the PlayStation 3 actually is still popular, popular running Linux. So keep that one around. So they're going to keep it around. And that's all they need to know. If somebody is using it, and it still technically is working, there's no point just getting rid of it. Like, the, the goal here isn't just to break people's systems. The goal is to get rid of code that nobody is using. And if nobody's using it, it does not need to be in the kernel. <sighs> I'm running out of tea. I was not going to record tonight, but... Because it... it this is, like, my, my normal recording time for, like, having a, a guest on. I've been doing these, like, probably, I've probably heard me mention it every single time. It's, it's 2 in the morning right now. It's, like, it's 12.40 right now. I'm recording my normal, like, late night podcast recording time. I've just gotten used to recording podcasts at this time now. <laughs> I really should be in bed. Uh, but, uh, look, I might as well get it done and then not think about it later in the week. I do actually have a guest episode coming up next time. I believe that one... That should be the Nate Graham episode. So that'll be the... The KDE propaganda episode. We had David Edmondson on. That is the... Technical... Here's why KDE's great episode. Then we have Nate on, where it's just... KDE is the only thing that matters. Windows is copying KDE. Uh, use KDE. <laughs> or use Plasma, or whatever you want to say. So that'll be fun. I believe after that one, we have Georgia Starakis. Yes. Yes, we do. That'll be really fun. I have also, in the process... He hasn't got back to me yet. I tried to get in contact with Matthias Klump, the guy doing the... The the Wayland multi-window nonsense. I hope we can do that. That, that one, that would be awesome. I've also got one in the works with uh, Mirko Bromgen. Uh, Br Mirko Bromben, the bottles guy. I want to talk about the whole bottles next thing, which I think will be fun, because I saw some people complaining about it, being like, Bottles is getting an electron front end. Oh, no, electron's bad. We all hate electron. <laughs> And Mirko's over here just like, yeah, but I hate GTK right now, and I want to write Vue.js. I'm like, you know what? I can respect that. <laughs> I can respect wanting to write some Vue.js. Why not? I was a big uh, Angular and React nerd when I was doing a lot of web development, so... I don't think I ever... No, I don't, I don't think I ever actually learned Vue. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever touched that one. So that, you know... Maybe if I ever get back into web development, uh, that's what I'll mess around with. Maybe I'll rewrite, re, rewrite, rewrite my website in Vue, just because that would be funny. 
Because I, then I get to see people complain that my website doesn't work because they've got JavaScript disabled. <laughs> that, actually, you know what? That's actually not the worst idea. I kind of like that idea. <laughs> Just to see how many people complain that the uh, the site's broken. <sighs> That'd be fun. <laughs> I might have to do that, actually. I was considering rewriting the website in Hugo. Because right now my website's in static HTML that I wrote by hand, uh, which means that updating it, updating my, my headers, for example, is a nightmare. And I, I had to write like this this dumb conversion script, like put the headers into the file, like the, 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 the toolbar into the, the files for each individual page. It's a stupid way to do it. And I don't recommend it. I should have just written in Hugo. But now that the website's there, I'm just like, I don't want to rewrite. <laughs> the website just works, and pretty much the only thing that matters about it is it's a, it's like a, it's a link tree, and it's a, like a redirect. So like, apart from that, it's 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 fine. <laughs> it's fine, pretty much. <laughs> Speaking of things that aren't fine, uh, did you guys see the Ubuntu translation situation? The, uh, the fuck up where they let someone write the Ukrainian translation and then nobody proofread it because apparently nobody, I don't know, they fucking just accept translations from anybody. It sounds like it's pretty easy to get a... a a uh, a fucked up translation into Ubuntu, considering how fucking easy it was for this guy. Ubuntu discovers hate speech in release 23.10, how to upgrade. Uh, when they say... When they say... Uh, did someone actually include a translation? Uh, is this it? Is this it? Oh, that's... Can someone just include the trend? I don't want to fucking put the translation in for me. Can someone actually just fucking... My god. Someone just include the fucking translation. I don't have to do it myself. Whatever. So... <laughs> Ubuntu, canonical, being who they are, uh, were like, just fucking accept the... Apparently, this is the one time they just accept... Pull request. And this dude just started throwing in shit about, like, the current, like, Israel, Hamas stuff. I, I, I'm not going to talk about it. I've literally zero idea what's going on. Just throwing that in. In the Ukrainian translation, which I feel like it was put there specifically for the reason that most people are not going to notice it. And then I think there was some, like, Russia-Ukraine stuff in there as well. It's just like, why... Firstly, numero uno. Firstly, why are we doing this on Ubuntu? Like, what are we doing here? Secondly, who at Canonical is accepting fucking translations without proofreading them? If you can't proofread them, don't have that translation in your distro. Like, what are you doing? Like, I get wanting to, you know, 
support all of these different these, all of these different setups. But like, if you don't have someone to proofread it, why are you accepting it? I don't understand. I I don't understand. Ah, oh, they ended up pulling the translation, and like I then like redoing it, and then re-releasing the ISO. So it's all it's all done now, and it's all like fixed up. But like I just don't understand like how anybody even managed to let that happen. And that sort of, that sort of makes me question the state of other things in Ubuntu. Like, if that can be snuck in without anybody paying attention, how easy would it be for a bad actor that has, like, repo commit rights to get malware onto the distro? Because I feel like it wouldn't be that difficult. Especially if it's, you know, just just a tiny bit hidden. Like, it's not fucking malware.fucking-deb or whatever. It's just, it's just a little bit hidden. It's, like, hidden in a file that nobody would expect. Maybe it's, like, an additional file that's added at the end or something. Sounds like it might be pretty easy. And considering the snap situation where... Turns out they did zero moderation on Snap name registration and just let some crypto malware onto the Snap store. I might not be too far off the truth. Maybe. Look, if, if a distro like Debian that's as big as it is has never had like a serious malware event. Some people have said there have been some very like minor ones. If it's never had a serious malware event and a company the size of Canonical with the resources they have to maintain Ubuntu can't just keep their shit together. Like, I'm I'm very confused by what they're actually doing. Maybe it's the whole too many cooks at the kitchen situation where there's just too many there's too many people trying to like get involved and nobody really takes accountability for it but i, I do, i've never spoken to anyone that like currently works at canonical specifically like on ubuntu so that would be entirely speculation it could be any number of reasons why uh why ubuntu does what ubuntu does and if somebody knows, please let me know. Hey, if, if you happen to work at Canonical and don't want to work there any longer <laughs> and you want to come talk to me, or maybe you just left Canonical uh, because you don't want to get fired, feel free to hit me up. I'm more than happy to, to talk about, uh, you know, whatever it is that you want to talk about at Canonical. <laughs> just note, um, you probably won't have a job afterwards if you do that, especially if you're currently employed there. So... I take no responsibility if you say something really fucking stupid. <laughs> I say this to most people that come on, actually. Like, a lot of people come on this, they, especially people that haven't seen the show before. They'll be like, ah, is there anything I can't say? Like, 
Am I not allowed to swear? Like, if you've seen, like, fucking five minutes of this show, I think... I think you worked that one out pretty fucking quickly. My only rule is don't say anything that you don't want a recording of. Right? So, like, if you work at Red Hat, maybe don't sit here the entire time and slander Red Hat. If you work at Canonical, maybe don't sit here and slander Canonical. Things like that, you know? Don't say a racial slur, for example. Things that you don't want recordings of. That's my only rule. I feel like it's a good rule to follow. <laughs> also, preferably don't say anything that's get my that's gonna get my account banned. That's also a good rule. Um, but usually those tend to overlap. Typically, you don't want a recording of something that's going to get my account banned because typically that's going to be recording something that sounds pretty bad. Um. <laughs> And maybe, look, maybe, maybe, maybe you're fine saying that, but, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not. So, for any of the people that want to get fired from Canonical, hit me up. My DMs are open. Preferably on, uh, Mastodon, where I'll actually see the DM, uh, not Twitter. Because, holy shit, Twitter's DMs are fucking horrendous. So, I don't, I don't, I don't really hate the Elon Musk takeover it's fun to make fun of it because it's fun to make fun of the muskrat. But if I'm going to talk about anything that's actually, like, functionally worse ever since the takeover, it is the Twitter DM system. So, right now... Okay, first problem. If someone has Twitter blue, they can just DM you. They just get priority. But... Even then, it still doesn't fucking work. So, if you go to your message notifications, there will be a section called message requests. Now, I've got it set up so anybody can message me. Twitter changed the uh, default a while back to be, people can only message you if they have Twitter blue, which is a great system. Fucking love it. Um, I change it to everyone because I prefer it to be like that because, you know, I want people to be able to message me. Now, instead of the way it used to work, where if someone sends you a message, it starts a conversation. Instead, now it makes a message request. So, if you want to see who has sent you a message request, you need to go into your messages, where it says, you have no new messages, then click on message requests, where now you can actually see the new messages you have. It won't become like an actual message, like an actual conversation, until you go and say, accept this message. So it works kind of like uh, Instagram does. And I fucking hate it on Instagram as well. Instagram, it's slightly less annoying though, because I don't actually use Instagram, so I don't actually care. I don't care over there. If it's broken over there, not my problem. Now, the other problem is um when it doesn't give me message notifications. So I uh I also have plans with a certain YouTuber to come on the podcast. I'm not gonna say anything just yet because it's not planned until early next year and you know things might fall through and all that stuff. So I should really stop playing with this. Um I'm not going to though. Yeah. So he sent me a message and I did not see the message, once again, because it was a message request first, till six days later. 
Now, when we started the conversation, I did not see him reply until two days after he actually sent me the message the next time. So, I just have to, like, prematurely... Prematurely? Procedurally. That's the word. Procedurally check my notifications at least, like, once a day to see if there's actually messages there. And I feel like this might actually be a ploy by Twitter. Like, make the messages worse so people go to the platform more often. You know what? I'm actually thinking that's what it is. Make the platform suck, but not suck so much you stop using it. Suck just enough that people stay there and just come back more often. And this is why I say send me a message on Mastodon. Because whilst my instance occasionally does have some issues and goes down actually fairly regularly, when the instance is up, I can see my notifications the only problem is Twitter, uh, Twitter, Mastodon lets you make new DM conversations, and it can sometimes be easy to lose track of those conversations. So, uh, yeah, there is that. But besides that problem, I actually get notifications when I get sent a message, which is certainly nice. Certainly very nice. <laughs> you know, things we solved with email a uh, very long time ago. But apparently, uh, that's too hard, and we can't have things actually function. We're gonna make them worse, because... Uh, I don't know, pay for Twitter Blue or something. I... I am avoiding paying for Twitter Blue. I have... that. There has been one point, one singular point where I considered it, because it just makes it easier to message people for the podcast, right? Like, because of the whole you can message people no matter what the fuck they feel like, you can just stalk people if you're Twitter blue. That part makes it easier because now you have to, like, be following each other or they have to have, like, the whole message of loud thing. So there's a lot of people where it's just a pain in the ass to message them. Usually I'll try to do anything else. The nice thing about the, the whole being in the Linux YouTube space and wanting to talk to a lot of Linux YouTube people is a lot of them have Mastodon. If they don't have Mastodon, they usually have some form of public email. And that's just fine for me. I don't particularly like email. I'm fairly lazy when it comes to checking it. <laughs> so... If you send me one, I probably won't respond until way later. And even then, I probably still won't respond. Because I don't respond to many of my emails. Uh, because I get a lot of bullshit because I'm a YouTuber. And when you're a YouTuber, you get added to every single fucking mailing list on the planet. Even though you don't want to be in them. I'm fine with being in ones that are related to what I do but I do not want to be on some of the others. And I did not opt, opt into them, and I cannot opt out of them. It's just spam, and that's just all it's going to be. So I don't tend to see every email. Sometimes I might mass delete them, and your email may be collected in it. If you actually want to get in contact with me, once again, Discord, Mastodon, actually better. But for people who actually do read their emails, it's great, because I can actually get in contact with them and actually sort stuff out. I'm just really bad at making, um, events. Some people really like calendar events. I just remember things in my noggin. I don't actually remember them. I, uh, 
triple quadruple check every single day that I'm not forgetting to do something. And I sometimes forget to do something. I'm like, hey, is this actually the time we're supposed to do the recording? And the, a lot of people who've been on the show can uh, can can definitely uh, can definitely <laughs> tell you that. I have confirmed when I need to be at the show a couple of times here and there with pretty much everyone. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Let's move on to an actual topic. We haven't done that in a while. So Microsoft. Not Linux this time. Not the not Microsoft being the Microsoft Linux. No, I want to talk about Microsoft in the context of the Activision Blizzard King acquisition. So this actually went through. Uh let's see if we can find it. I will find what's the first article I find? Microsoft Activision. And it's not a merger, okay? It's it's not a merger like what happened with Activision Blizzard King. It is a Microsoft now owns you. Here we go. We'll look at the Verge article. <clears throat> they paid $68.7 billion. Let's just round it up to $69 billion because haha, funny number. This was being blocked for quite a while by the CMA in the UK, and there was even like a whole deal with the FTC, and they restructured some stuff, and the deal actually happened. Microsoft now owns a lot of things. <laughs> Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Diablo, I remember the days, speaking of Call of Duty, this is actually kind of funny. It's kind of funny this eventually fell into the hands of Microsoft. Because I remember the days back during, I want to say it stopped probably after, no, maybe after Ghost. There was a time, it was during the 360 days for certain. There was a time where DLC for Call of Duty came out earlier on Xbox. I believe it was, like, one month early. And, like, that was the main platform for Call of Duty. That's where the MW2 lobbies were with kids throwing around racial slurs and wanting to fuck your mum. PlayStation didn't have that because most people didn't have mics. So it wasn't anywhere near as um, chaotic as that. But during that time, DLC came out on uh, for Call of Duty early on Xbox, and now Microsoft owns Call of Duty, which there was, like, a lot of shit back in the day of, like, why do they get it early? Like, this is not fair. Now it, it doesn't matter. Like, now they can be like, you know what? It's just not going to be on PlayStation, which they could do. They could certainly do. Which I feel like, that was definitely, like, part of the worry with, like, the CMA. I actually don't know why they changed their mind, but they changed their mind. And our favourite person, Mr. Phil Spencer himself, we love gaming. We play games, create games, and know firsthand how much gaming means to all of us as individuals and collectively as a community. And today, we officially welcome Activision Blizzard and their team's to Xbox, Mr. Xbox Chief Phil Spencer. Now, I have seen a lot of people sort of worried about this. I 
actually don't care. I... Look, Monopolies... We, we all know the deal with Monopolies. Monopolies aren't good. However... Okay. As a... Linux gamer... I actually don't think this is a bad thing for me. So... Blizzard has this thing called a launcher, and they like to have their games only on their launcher. Now, this is changing. So, I think it's out now? When, let me check, Diablo, Diablo 4 on Steam. Now, to be fair, Diablo 4 is not a finished game, and it doesn't, you know... <laughs> Shut up. Tomorrow, my time, but it'll be out by the time you go to seeing this. Diablo 4 is on Steam. Overwatch 2 is also on Steam, but no one cares. Diablo 4 is on Steam. Which is kind of, kind of wild, actually. Kind of wild. And I would not be surprised if we see other games make their way onto Steam. Now, I don't want them to leave Battle.net if... if is it still called Battle.net? I don't know. Whatever Blizzard... I think it's called Battle.net still. I'm happy for them to have their own thing. But I like things also being on other thing. I like things being in all of the stores. And, you know, being on Steam it makes it easy to use Proton. So on the Steam Deck, you can just boot it up and be like, whoa, it works. And it just just work. Um, you could already do it through the Battle.net launcher, through like Lutris and all that, but this is one less step to worry about. And that's honestly why I don't think that's a like this is a bad thing. Like Making the games more easily accessible? I don't... I don't mind. Now, there is the whole issue with, you know, Microsoft owning half the gaming industry, basically. <laughs> or half the AAA game industry. Um, that's a problem. That might be just, just a touch bit of an issue. But from my personal not-giving-a-shit perspective... I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm fine with it. Also, I just noticed this. Hey, would you like to hide this kind of warning in the future? Yes, I am okay with seeing general mature content. Holy shit, are they fixing their fucking age verification bullshit? Oh my god. Please. Yes, I'm okay with seeing this. Yep, yep, okay. I'm okay with all of this stuff. Yep. Oh my god, are they going to not show me the fucking eight? Why does Steve... <laughs> okay, can somebody... I know there are people that know people at Valve that watch this. Or, like, know of me. Can somebody that knows somebody at Valve, please tell me why I have to enter my birth date 
when I'm logged in to see, you know, adult games, whether it's a, a, a hentai game or fucking Diablo 4, I am logged in. My, uh, my birth date is on my fucking account. Why do I need to enter another birth date? Also, I'm just gonna use a fake birth date because it's easier. Why do I need to enter a birth date when I'm logged in? It doesn't make sense. There's no reason for it. Just use the birth date on file. I get it when you're not logged in. Fair enough. When I'm logged in, stop it. Now, anyway, back to the main thing. The Blizzard stuff, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's actually not that big of a deal. I'd be curious to see what Microsoft does with Game Pass, because there is a lot of interesting things that could be done with it. Like, you could chuck, like, you could put, like, Diablo 3 on Game Pass if you wanted to. People go back and play that. Or Diablo 2, because people actually like Diablo 2. You could put Diablo 2 on Game Pass. I've been hearing, like, people like Asmund saying, it'd be interesting to see WoW on Game Pass. I don't know if they would do that, because WoW's whole thing is the subscription. So if you remove the subscription, it would turn WoW into a loss leader at that point. And I don't know if they would be willing to do that. I would be interested to see them trying. That that would be cool. Like, you have this IP under your belt. What are you going to do with it? Do you just let them just keep going, like, as is? Do you do the Game Pass thing? Do you have some other strategy for it? I am curious to see what Microsoft is going to do. I don't know if they're going... <laughs> see, the thing is, like, they've let franchises like Halo rot into the ground. So, I know a lot of people that aren't happy with the state of Diablo 4, especially the state of Overwatch 2, the game that is just dead, they just killed it. Um, a lot of people aren't happy with the state of Retail WoW. I don't know if Microsoft's acquisition is going to, like, really change anything there. But, maybe it will. I, I feel like no matter no matter what you feel about the uh, Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard King, there is one individual, one individual that came out just so far on top of everything. Like there is no world where you can say that uh that he's losing. Let's see if we can find. Uh, let's see if we can find it. There was a, there was a fun one in here. Uh, can I spell words? I probably can't. Hmm, where's the recent, there should be a recent article here. Yay. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Is this, is this it? Yeah, here it is. So along with um along with him making a shitload of money, Mr. Bobby Cockdick is leaving 
<laughs> will apparently leave Microsoft to focus on philanthropy. Now, as we have seen from many of the philanthropists out there, many of them tend to get richer when they become a philanthropist. It's funny like that. Uh, typically, when you give out lots of money, you tend to lose lots of money. Um, when you have lots and lots of money, and you only give out lots of money, oftentimes you get lots and lots and lots of money. A lot of people don't like Mr. Bobby Cockdick. However, it is inarguable that he is or he was an incredibly successful blizzard ceo like this this man took a beloved company watched it burn into the ground losing all of its good reputation helping to cover up the weird blizzard, like, sexual scandal stuff, people drinking breast milk, this is an actual thing that happened, look it up. And then, and then, after all of that, convinced Microsoft to buy the company for 69 billion dollars. And then just walks away with the bag. Like, this dude <laughs> has done so fucking well. As, as much as people don't like Bobby, look, look, it is true. It's Bobby's world. We're just living in it. He's going to stay on until the end of 2023, from my understanding. And this is not the last we see of Bobby. This... This is not the last we see of Bobby. Where Bobby goes now? I don't know. You know, there's the whole Unity currently has their interim CEO thing? Maybe Unity needs a new CEO. Um... I don't know. It would be kind of funny if, if Bobby Cockdick, if Mr. Bobby Cockdick actually made his way over to Unity. <laughs> I think what will actually happen is he's not going to, like, fully leave the company. He's probably going to stay on, like, long-term as an advisory position. Because with someone who's managed to be this successful at running the company for so long... You don't just want to let that go away. Maybe, maybe he does though. Maybe he goes on, moves on to better things like, I don't know, running for president. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, look, it's entirely possible. <laughs> if you, look, it, I, I, once again, it's Bobby's world. We're just living in it. <laughs> Bobby comes out ahead in every situation, Bobby never loses. <laughs> uh, actually, if you don't know what's happening with um the Unity situation, I feel like I should mention it. Unity CEO. 
So, Mr. John Riccatello stepped down a week ago. I guess two weeks ago by the time you guys are seeing this. I am not signing up to Wired. Piss off. So, Mr. John Riccatello stepped down. Uh, that is a really bad article. What's... Does it say who's taking over in this one? Uh... Why are these articles just not saying the other CEO's name? Kotaku, are you going to have a good article? Holy shit, Kotaku is the only one with a good... Their, their fucking website's garbage. So, John Riccatello stepped down and is replaced by James M. Whitehurst, a name that you might recognize. Now, James M. Whitehurst... You recognize him from the Linux space because let's find his Wikipedia. He is the former president at IBM and CEO <laughs> Red Hat. And apparently COO of Delta Rail... Why the fuck was he at Delta Rail Lines? So, this man used to work at both IBM and Red Hat. And now, he is the interim CEO of Unity. Now, I posted about this on Twitter. I was like, now Red Hat doesn't just control the Linux space, they also control game development as well. And apparently, uh, we've established this before, apparently there's a lot of people in Linux space that uh, don't understand humour. Um, there is this common trend of saying that anything that IBM touches, anything that Red Hat touches, is just controlled by IBM. And apparently that just went over some people's heads. They're like, oh, but James Whitehurst was actually the CEO of Red Hat before the IBM acquisition? I know. That's not the point. The point is the stupid people saying stupid things. Uh, James seemed like he did a perfectly fine job at Red Hat. I'm sure he cannot do a worse job than John Riccatello, Mr. I want you to pay for reloads in Battlefield. Once again, that's a real thing. Look it up. John Riccatello is the, the pinnacle of what people hate from modern microtransaction-filled game design. So, unless James Whitehurst has just not revealed his power level, I don't see how anything he can do, at least, especially as the interim CEO, can really be any worse. But we could have Bobby. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, uh... Wait and see who they bring on. Now, the thing with, um, the John Riccatello thing... A lot of people are like, Yeah, John Riccatello is gone! That means Unity's gonna be in a better state. When something like a massive pricing restructure... That's to go through all of the different people... Like, when something like that actually happens... This is not a, like, 
the CEO says it's going to happen, and then that's the end of the line. We have to remember about the Illuminati above the CEO. The board of directors. They are the ones in ultimate control. And almost without a doubt, they were in support of the Unity pricing restructure. And then it wasn't very popular, so you use the CEO as the full guy. And nobody knows who's on the Unity board of directors. I couldn't tell you. You know what? Let's see if we can find it. Unity Board of Directors. <laughs> okay, do we have the list here? Uh, board. Board. Ah, here we go. Okay. Roloff Botha. Your name is... This is... No, this is not a real... You're not a real person. Roloff Botha. That's not a real name. That's just a D's nuts joke. <laughs> Tamar Bazeev. Mary Schmidt Campbell, PhD. Shlomo Dovrat. Egon Durbin. David Helgeson. Michelle K. Lee. David Costman, Barry Schuler, Robin Sisko, Keisha Smith, James M. Whitehurst. Of those names, how many do you recognize? I feel like the answer is going to be one. <laughs> and that's because we already explained who he is. Nobody knows who's on the board of directors. So if something goes wrong, like the CEO is sort of the, the face of the company. So when something goes wrong, you can always just use them as the, uh, the full guy to just take any heat off of it. I, I still don't think this is going to really change anything with the engine, uh, the engine with the, with the game developers. I hope that game developers are smart enough to see through this. And if your entire business is reliant upon trusting this company, I hope that one little thing does not change you back. Because we know that consumers are fucking dumbasses and will change their mind by just, like, you know, every gaming boycott is one good cinematic from being over. Every boycott of fucking any any social media platform is a couple of days. It, it It's over as soon as people get fucking bored, basically. But when we're dealing with building your career on a platform, there being tons and tons of money involved, hopefully people put a bit more thought into it and don't just go crawling back to Unity because that's what they're comfortable with. Hopefully people actually go out of their way to learn new tooling and put themselves in a position where they are not entirely reliant on Unity. Some people will come back, especially the developers that don't have as much tying them back. 
Like, if you're just messing around, you're not really, like, a full-time game developer, you can probably go back and just not worry about it. But any established game devs that know what they're doing, I really hope they don't just say, Ah, John is gone. So, I guess it's all fine now. One thing I did want to touch on from the, um... From the Blizzard thing that I forgot to mention uh, is what's being done with the Diablo 4, uh, like, or being on Steam. I noticed, I saw uh, Liam talk about this. Uh, gaming on Linux, Diablo 4, Steam. Uh, where's the article? Liam, where's your fucking article? Yeah, here we go. Diablo 4 now Steam Deck verified, but no Steam keys for Battle.net buyers. So, someone asked Mr. Adam Fletcher, do we have to buy Diablo 4 again on Steam if we already have it on Battle.net? Yes, two different storefronts run by two different companies. Liam's take is that if you bought the game already, you should have the game. Like you should just be given a key, or I would say at least the ability to can like convert it over. I I understand what Liam's concern is here. I I would like it if you just bought the game. You can play it on Steam. You can play it on Battle.net. That would be nice. But I do understand the position that Mr. Adam Fletcher is taking here. And what, I guess, Blizzard more generally is taking here. It is two different storefronts. It is two different companies. If they were to give out Steam keys, that would have to come directly out of their potential sales. I I would like them to provide the ability to convert it over, but it it wouldn't like I don't really care about Diablo Four anyway. I know it's it's a it's a weird one. It because it's not just a launcher. Valve is also a storefront as well. As look as long as for me as long as you can just play it as long as you can play your 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 same characters that part i don't know if, if is the case if you can play your same characters ultimately for me it really doesn't matter and it seems like it seems like a lot of people aren't really fully agreeing with liam like some people are saying hey maybe it would be fine others are saying oh maybe they should like I'm I'm very like on the fence about whether it's best for the consumer to do it, but I'm on the fence about whether it really matters because ultimately you can just play the game through Lutris on Steam Deck anyway. So the only difference is Steam is just more convenient because you know it's all integrated with all that stuff and 
if you play on desktop Linux, then you probably just have Steam installed. You know, you, you may not even have Lutris installed. You may just only use Steam. That is uh, mainly the case for me. I, I don't really use Lutris anymore. There are a couple of games I did use Lutris for, and then uh, I used another 14 launcher. And also the other game is now on Steam anyway, uh, Holocure. So I actually don't have a reason to use Lutris. Um, yeah, but... I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> it would be nice if... It would be nice if it was just like... If we're still in the days of you just have a CD, it has the game on it, and you just do whatever you want with it. But in this world of storefronts and all that stuff... I can see why it wasn't done. I I get it. I I I do get it. But hey, it is what it is. Speaking of, it is what it is. I have seen a couple of people bothered by a new. Uh, we're gonna talk about anime now. So if anyone doesn't care, feel free to leave. Um, you probably left already. So. There is a new Dragon Ball series that got announced. Um, I am obviously not able to play it. But it is called Dragon Ball Dimer. Also known as Dragon Ball GT Take 2. So Goku and actually not just Goku and Vegeta. Basically everybody is turned into kids. And we see... Goku using the fucking the, the 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 pole that I'm forgetting the name of again. Um so we're going like sort of half kinda back to like early Dragon Ball, which I am I am intrigued about. I I actually have not watched GT. I didn't watch GT at some point. But the difference with this one is Toriyama is, like, actually directly involved with it. This isn't just, like, some fan fiction stuff like GT was. Like, this is actually, like, full-on Dragon Ball. I am interested to see what they do. Because while I do want... Also, this is a series, not a movie. So, how long that ends up going for, anybody's guess. I I want to see an adaptation of the rest of Super. From my understanding, the new arc is kind of fun. We start seeing uh, Ultra, uh, Ultra Ego Vegeta. He doesn't go down the Ultra Instinct route. But Dragon Ball is sort of the pinnacle of... We've been doing the whole power scaling thing so long now. The power scaling doesn't actually matter anymore. Like, what... Like, the, the first time you see, like, a Super Saiyan, it's like, oh, this is really cool. Then you see Super Saiyan 2, you're like, I don't notice the difference. But Gohan's really strong now. You see Super Saiyan 3, you're like, oh my god, that's fucking hype. But, like, it's gotten to the point now where even though things are getting stronger... It doesn't matter anymore. So this is basically a reset. And 
that, you know, allows for different things to be tried, you know, like bringing the fucking, the, the pole back and doing, doing different things again. Even though this isn't really different, this is just going back to fucking early Dragon Ball, but throwing a bit of GT in there. Like, it gives you a reset and allows you to, like, fuck around a little and just see if something possibly works. And maybe people really like it, maybe people don't. Some people complain that, like, Dragon Ball comedy isn't very good. Personally, I've not really been, like, a fan either way. I, I think the Dragon Ball comedy is okay. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of early Dragon Ball. Like, I started enjoying Dragon Ball a lot when I got to Z. So, for me, I'm just, I'm just curious, right? Like, I am interested to see people trying out something, something new. Something new, and maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. And if it doesn't, well, hey, it gives more time to get through more chapters of Super, so it means we don't get a filler arc anyway that people would complain about in the first place. Honestly, I'll just be happy if we get more movies like Superhero. Actually, not like Superhero. Like Broly. Superhero was... Superhero needed another 20 minutes just to, you know, possibly flesh out uh, Beast Form and Orange Piccolo. Um, but I just fucking rushed through it so much. <laughs> it was just like, hey... Orange Piccolo. Oh, Orange Piccolo's gone. Don't care about it. Oh, Gohan Beast. Gohan Beast is hype. You like Gohan Beast now. It's like, okay, I guess I like Gohan Beast now. <laughs> but, I don't know. I like Dragon Ball. I, I do. It's fun. I am, uh... I'm also watching One Piece. I That's a terrible mistake. I'm, I'm putting it on hold right now because there's a lot of fucking seasonals I'm watching. I am watching... I am, I'm watching so many seasonals, man, like, probably too many. <laughs> like, actually, actually too many this time. I'm, I'm slowly, like, cutting back the list, but it's a problem. Like, obviously, Spy Family, Shield Hero Season 3, who's actually, they fucking turned up the animation for Shield Hero Season 3. Season 2, they went kind of lacking on, which is a problem, because I really, I really like the content for that part of the light novel, and they're like, hey, let's make this the worst part, like, okay, okay, sure, annoy, make, make some of my favorite characters kind of fucking terrible, but fine, um, Sorso no Frieden, because I have to watch it, because everybody's watching, it's 28 episodes, what the fuck? I, I genuinely don't understand the hype. I really don't. It's kind of mid. Like, I would give it like a seven. Like, it's not bad. It's not good. It's got a Yasubi opening, so it's kind of hype because of that. But, like, the rest of it's just okay. <laughs> I like it more now that Stark is here, but first couple episodes were kind of just, kind of just, eh. Um, Goblin Slayer. I've not actually started watching season two because I still have not watched Goblin Crown. Oh, I need to do that. 
Kage no Jitsuroksha no Naritakute second season. Eminence and Shadow. See, Eminence and Shadow, I I feel the same way about Eminence and Shadow as I do Spy Family. Not because they're at all similar, but because literally nothing has changed since the first season. It is more of the first season. And that is all I want. I don't want any changes. Zero changes. Just keep doing what works, and I'll be happy. Uh, Dr. Stone. We've only seen one episode of the new part, and is Dr. Stone. <laughs> like, once again, don't change anything. It's good. Undead Unluck. I, I went into this not expecting anything. And I got a lot more than nothing. I I genuinely fucking love this anime. Um, in case you haven't watched it, uh, there's this dude. He has this... So this is a world which has people that have these supernatural abilities that cancel out something. So undead can just not die. Like that, he can cancel out death. And then un the, the, the girl that he's with, she has the unluck ability. She, she has the ability to cancel out luck. And if she touches somebody, they get some unlucky thing happen to them. Uh, and Undead's goal is he wants to die and he can't die, but he finds this girl with the unluck ability. So it's like, hey, let me just like get the w most unlucky event possible that maybe will eventually kill me. Uh, and turns out because fan service, uh, the more intimate she gets with somebody, the unluckier the event is. So when she kissed him, a meteor fell on him. And now she, now he wants to fuck her just to see what happens. But I had a read of the wiki and it goes from just like this, like, I thought it was just going to be this dumb gag at showed in nonsense but it gets like nonsense shonen power scaling as well which i'm curious to see how it goes because right now they're in the process of being hunted down by this like organization of negators which is this organization that has these like supernatural abilities and their goal now is to kill one of the negators so there are two open slots and they can both join like that's <laughs> that's their goal right now which you know I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. Um, so Tokyo Avengers, I've not watched season two. So I need to go and do that. And then I'll watch season three. I liked season one. It was really good. So I need to keep doing that. Uh, Kimi no koto ga dai 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 daisuki na hyakunin no kanojo. Um, so okay. if, if you've seen, um, if you've seen To Love Ru, in darkness, Momo has the the harem plan, where the idea is the main character is going to fuck everybody. That's this. Um, <laughs> so this dude, he has <laughs> he has, throughout his entire life, nearly gets to high school. He is rejected by a hundred women, and then the god of love or something comes down. He's like, yo. So, um, you got rejected by a hundred women, but now you're going to have a hundred soulmates and 
if any of them, you don't make them fall in love with you, they die. <laughs> so now his plan is to have a hundred girlfriends. Which, you know, I can respect the commitment. <laughs> I feel like it's not going to go too well, but I can respect. It's just, it also, it's full of just referential nonsense humor. And that's all I want. Like, the first episode was, like, throwing in Tokyo Ghoul references and all this other... Like, it was just fun, and I, I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, Ragnar Crimson is just trashy, trashy, trashy garbage, and I love it. <laughs> Speaking of trashy garbage, Shangri-La Frontier is so fucking good. If you're not watching Shangri-La Frontier... Go and watch it right now. Like, what are you doing? Why are you watching me? Go watch Shangri-La Frontier. So, this is one of those, those isekai MMO nonsense. It's not like full isekai. It's just most of the, the series takes place inside of the game. So, this dude uh, wears a bird mask and pants, and that's all. He He's made this fucking glass cannon crit build and just... <laughs> His entire goal is to never get fucking hit and just murder everything. And he built up all of his skills playing uh, really shit video games. And the uh, game store owner has recommended he goes and, goes and plays this fucking incredible game called Shangri-La Frontier. And he's loving it. And it's just fun. It's really well animated. And it's just, it's just really good. Go watch Shangri-La Frontier. I cannot recommend it. Any more than that. Um, Saihate no Paladin. I don't know why it got a second season. Um, I enjoyed the first season. I may end up dropping it now. I don't know. It's just... It, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Watashi no Oshi wa Akiyaku Dejo. This is... Gay. Very gay. So, <laughs> uh, this girl, she gets isekai'd into an, uh, into a, uh, a otome game. A game where the main character typically would try to be, like, picking up the dudes. She doesn't want to do that. She wants to pick up the lead girl. And it's just... It's just Yuri comedy the entire time. And you know what? I can respect that. Also, the girl that she's trying... Like, the girl she's trying to pick up just doesn't like her and is just bullying her the entire time. Turns out the main character is a masochist and enjoys it. So, <laughs> it's just fun. Um, I've not watched the first episode of season two of uh, Konojo Mo Konojo, but this Konojo Mo Konojo is just... It is just Kimi no Koto ga dai 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 daisuki is the same fucking show just with less girls, but it's better. I recommend if you're gonna watch one of them, go watch that. But if you're gonna watch anything, go watch uh, Hiki uh, Komari Kyuketsuki no Momon. This is so you know things like uh, Liar's Game, which was trash. This is another one of those, the main character is lying about their abilities. In this case, uh, 
she is now the commander of a an army. She is a vampire, but she doesn't drink blood. She ta- she hates the taste of blood, and she's really weak. But she has now got to convince everyone in her army that she is incredibly powerful, and she keeps doing so through uh, accidents, very conveniently timed events, things just perfectly going her way, and everybody right now is convinced she is this fucking incredibly powerful vampire that should be feared the world over. Also, it's got this weird, like, Dog Days-style, like, battle system where nobody actually dies. So... There's this one character that she constantly just keeps killing, and I feel like it's going to be a recurring bit every single episode. It's been that case, oh, that that way for the first two episodes so far. Um, every episode, this guy just gets killed in some dumb way. First episode, his head was trapped in a door. His head got gets lopped off. Second episode, she's riding on a like a fucking horse thing, uh, and his head gets trampled. Um, <laughs> but. I think it's fun. I, it, this is a definitely a fun one, and it seems like it's going to get a bit like deeper into like why she's weak and why she is why she was a neat. Um, for now, though, it's it's fun comedy, and I recommend it. Uh, shy, I don't know. I need to watch the second episode before I really can say anything about it. I don't know, why am I not watching this? Probably because I've got too much shit that I'm watching anyway. MF Ghost! Motherfucking... Why well, don't know what MF stands for. I, I Everyone just says motherfucking ghost. Initial D sequel. Eurobeat. Motsu from Move. Not an AE86. It's a GR86. It's really good. It's, it's, we're three episodes in so far, it's not as good as Initial D. I don't care as much about the European cars. Like, there's a lot of people that have fucking Lambos and BMWs, I don't care. Give me my Supras, give me my, there's, one of the, um, one of the main characters has a GTR, which I can respect. Give me my fucking... There's, there's another character later on that has a Honda Civic Type R. I've talked about my love for the Honda Civic Type R. And if I wanted to waste too much money on a car, that's probably what I would end up buying. Um, there is a character later on that has a Supra. I know there's a character that has an Evo 9, which is cool. There's a character, I think, that has an Impreza. But a lot of the other cars... like One of the other main characters later on has a fucking Aston Martin. I don't care. I don't care. I really don't. But um, the main character in this is the student of Takumi. So he drives like Takumi does, which is fun. Um, Overtake is an F4 anime, not F1. F4 is like, it's like the Little League version of F1. It's a lot cheaper and a lot less expensive. Um... I, I don't know. I think this is kind of fun. This is actually kind of fun. Um, the main character is... Oh, the, not main. The main character is like this photographer who like... He can't take pictures of people. He's had some sort of traumatic experience. I don't know the details yet. It's not been explained. 
Um, but the driver of the team is this 16-year-old kid who, like, really wants to be a driver because his dad was in F1 and his dad died and he wants to, like, follow in his dad's footsteps. It's this, like, sort of... I, I, I don't know if it's, like, a coming-of-age story or, or what it is. Like, they're, but they're both trying... He's trying to become a racer. The other guy... The, the, the photographer is trying to become, like... He's trying to, like, build up his confidence again. I think it's worth checking out. I've not checked out the first episode of Hoshi, uh, Hoshikuzu Telepath yet, but I need to do that. Uh, Mahotsukai no Yome, it's, once again, keep doing the same thing that works, and don't change anything. <laughs> Under Ninja! Under Ninja is so fucking cracked. So... This isn't, like, a ninja series like Naruto. This is ninjas hide in plain sight. One of the ninjas... So this is set in modern-day Japan. One of the ninjas is this homeless fucking crack addict. And he just hangs around in, the in like, the, the local park drinking breast milk. I'm not... This is, this is not a bit. Like... He hang he's a ho homeless crack addict who just drinks breast milk in the in the local park. Um but the main character has sort of had to infiltrate this high school to go and kill some of these ninjas that go to this other school. But like no one's using this crazy ninjutsu. It's just like it's fun action. Also, <laughs> my favorite character. There's this 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 Russian weeb who has come to Japan to become a ninja. Now, he thinks ninjas are more like the Naruto ninjas. So he walks around with a fucking, like, a knife on his back. He's wearing a hoodie all the time. And he thinks that, like, the ninjas are giving him signs. It's just like, oh, there's this there's one sign. So apparently there's this, like, problem with, pe like, drunks just pissing on, like, people's houses in this area because that's what drunks do and someone put up a sign saying if you piss on my house i'm gonna cut your dick off and <laughs> the, ninja, the, the, the weeb ninja dude was like okay so if i cut three people's dicks off i get to become a ninja just like sure sure it, I like it. It's very, very good. Apparently people don't like it, but I do. Toaru Osano via MMO Katsudoki is basically super generic isekai VR MMO stuff again. If Look, if you're going to watch one VR MMO series this season, don't watch this one. Go watch Shangri-La Frontier. I... This is on my short list of dropping. Um... If you like just garbage, watch it. If you don't have free time, don't. Um, <laughs> 16 Bit Sensation, I've not watched the first episode of. I need to do that because I feel like I'll really enjoy it. Um, Buta no Liva wa Akanetsu Shiro is. Kirito is a pig and gets bullied by. The <laughs> by a girl that has the same design as Fauna from the shoujo, but she's blonde. Watch it. It's fucking stupid. Uh, God, this there is so much airing this season. I'm not watching all of it, obviously, 
Um, I think the only other notable thing... Yeah, I think this is it. Portion Dodonomy. About a girl gets isekai'd. This is actually an isekai series. But gets isekai'd with this ability to make any potion she wants. She also has an item box. And she uses the item box to steal everyone's shit. Um, <laughs> which I love. But in this world she gets isekai'd into, they don't have like crazy fantasy magic. So her abilities are like beyond overpowered because she basically just has a magic system. And Megami no Daigo is about firefighters. Not firefighters like Fire Force, like actual fighting fires firefighters. I actually like it. People don't. I don't know why, but they should watch it. <laughs> it's really good. It is. Um, I just spent like 15, 20 minutes talking about anime. I do that sometimes. If you're new here for the solo episodes, um, yeah, that's not uncommon. <laughs> so, yeah. If you got any <clears throat> suggestions for what I, for anything else I should be watching, feel free to give them to me. I'm not going to watch them because I already have way too many I'm watching. Um, anything else I watch at this point is probably going to be on the list of maybe check out, like, later down the line if I want to go back to it. But, like, more things to watch just... It just... It's just... It just can't happen right now. It just really can't. <laughs> oh, man. So... Oh, God. I guess one last thing we probably should mention is... Intel... Intel has a new GPU. The Arc... A580, which fills up their GPU stack. It's not like new GPUs, um, but Intel's not completely given up on Arc. Now, I don't know. I'm very curious to see, like, what Intel does going forward, because it's great that we have this first line of GPUs, but are we going to see the B series and the C series, so on and so forth, because I know people that have bought Intel Arc GPUs, and I always ask the question, why? Why did you buy an Intel Arc GPU? Because, like, that's not a choice you make, because you want the best GPU. That is a choice you make specifically because you want to support Intel. And I always like to know like what people are doing with the cards, if they're actually using them, why they bought them, like did they actually have a functional reason for it, or was it simply just because I want to support what what Intel is doing? And it seems like most people actually do have like a general sort of logic behind it i i want i want intel's graphics cards to actually be worth buying um i can buy the a750 and the a770 here i would not spend 535 dollars on it um but it's very much gonna be a i feel like i feel like we're gonna be waiting a couple of generations for there to be, like, an actual reason to buy them. I would be more than happy to buy them. But, 
we need faster cards that are more competitively priced. Honestly, that's pretty much it, actually. That's pretty much it. Like, I, I video encoding stuff is not even that big of a deal because AMD's encoder is fucking garbage. Actually, I, I, that reminds me. So someone, when I, when I said Intel's uh, AMD's video encoder was garbage. They said no, it's actually good. It just isn't good for H.264, H.265, and AV1. Which is everything that people use. So, it's good, except for the... It, it, it's good except for the reasons why you want to use video encoding. Which means it's bad. Now, I don't know if this person was trolling, or if they were stupid. Both options are entirely possible with my comment section. But... <laughs> I, uh, I would... See, I would love to have an NVIDIA card. I, I would absolutely use an NVIDIA card if their drives were better. I, I would like NVIDIA to have, like, good open source drivers. But at the end of the day, right? Like, I've said this before, I am very much on the the practical side of the FOSS world. I will use the thing that does what I need it to do. And if NVIDIA's drivers were as good as AMD's or better, I would buy an NVIDIA card. I would happily use NVENC. I would happily use G their GPU acceleration stuff with CUDA and all that. That would be great. But that's not the state that... NVIDIA GPU drivers are in on Linux, especially with this push over to Wayland, like, that's just not where we are. And Intel has a much better track record with drivers, because Intel has already, like, when we talk about, like, the Intel Arc series, obviously that's new, but Intel having GPU drivers isn't new, and Intel having good GPU drivers for their their APUs, or whatever you want to call it. I don't think they use the term APU. I think that's an AMD thing. But they both companies have APUs. It's a GPU die on a CPU. Like, that's that's what a APU is. They've had GPU drivers, good GPU drivers for those, for a really long time on Linux. So I, I, I don't have any doubts of Intel continuing to do good drivers into the future. It's just they need to deal with that price to performance thing. That part's a pretty big deal. Once you got that part down, then maybe we can talk about possibly buying these cards. Or if NVIDIA gets their fucking shit together and uh, gives me a reason to buy one of their cards on Linux. I, I I know some people have actually bought the Intel cards, like, specifically, like, as a video encoder card, which isn't the worst of ideas. If you need AV1, because I'm pretty sure they do AV1. I think that was one of, the, like, the big things about them. Uh, Intel Arc AV1. Yeah, yeah. I think they would have been, like, your best options for doing AV1. Now, at the time... Nothing supported AV1, so it didn't actually fucking matter. Um, 
now AV1 support is actually rolled out and is actually there. Um, so buying... Actually, here's the thing, right? Actually buying one of these cards for the sake of doing AV1 encoding might honestly not be the worst idea. Like, buying one of these lower-end cards may not actually be the worst of ideas. Hmm. Because that would completely offload the encoding from my main card and also, also get rid of the problem of fucking using the NVIDIA encoder. Just never, ever look at it again. Uh, so the, the AMD encoder, just never look at it again. Hmm. I'll consider it. I'll certainly consider it. I might need to upgrade my power supply. Because that... I, I think I'd be cutting it a little bit close. I think I'm already cutting it... Not, like, super close, but close enough with my, my current setup that it might be worth buying a new one. Also, you know, it's, it's never a bad idea to replace your power supply every couple of years. Anyway, just to be on the safer side that you don't um, burn your house down. Yeah. <laughs> so, we have just passed the two-hour mark. I don't know how I did two hours after not doing any solo episodes for a really long time, but it was fun. And, you know, as as is always the case, by this point at two in the morning, I have no idea what I'm saying anymore. And, uh, yeah. So, if you like the podcast for some reason and you want to go and support it, um, go subscribe. I don't actually have any, like, proper support things. I bet you go join my Patreon if you want to. That's cool. Do that. Uh, if you're... Actually, main channel. Brody Robertson, main channel. Do Linux videos there six days a week. There's probably also a lot of, um, Wayland propaganda or Wayland hate, depending on how you want to look at it, depending on which day of the week it is. I'm either a shill or I hate Wayland. Those are the two positions I have. It's almost like I have a balanced perspective and I actually don't hate it and I don't like it. I just want it to be good. Crazy. Uh, I have Brody on games. I do gaming stuff there. Currently, probably playing through Armored Core 6 New Game Plus or I'm still stuck on the final boss of the new game which is entirely possible, it may still be... I may be stuck at that boss at the end of fucking time. Uh, I'll be finishing that this week, hopefully, and we get started on New Game Plus. Also, uh, uh, what's the other game I'm playing? What the fuck other game? What the fuck other game am I playing? Oh, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, which... Oh, uh, yeah, I'll still be... I'll definitely still be doing this by the time you guys see this. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, you can find the video version on YouTube at Tech Over T. If you're watching the video version and you want to hear the audio, I can go to any of your favorite podcast platforms. There is an RSS feed. Put it into your favorite app and you'll be good to go. So that is going to be it for me. I'm going to go hop into bed and I've got videos to record tomorrow. So, I guess, uh... Peace out.